you're listening to episode two of The Unschool Files, a podcast featuring the varying lives of unschoolers. On this episode, we are going to dive into finding balance in the home and in your relationship while unschooling. And I'm going to talk about a few tools that I use to try to maintain that balance or find it again when I've lost it. You and your partner or whoever the other adult is in the home that's helping to facilitate unschooling may not completely agree on unschooling. It's been my observation in the communities that I've been involved in and the unschooling families that I know personally that this is very common. It's very common for one parent to be dialed in, informed, and far more trusting of the unschooling process than the other parent. The other parent um, may be less informed though simply due to accessibility and I think we should take a second to talk about that. Um, When the other parent is having to spend a great deal of their time either physically or mentally um, somewhere else in order to provide an income that allows for this privileged experience of opting out of school, you have to take stock in that and recognize that your partner is doing that for your family and don't get too hung up on where they are in their understanding around unschooling and their acceptance to something so different and radical to a lot of folks. Okay, And I say that even to myself because I have a partner who does that for me. So shout out to him. The main facilitating parent, though, is getting a lot of time to educate themselves, to inform themselves, to be in community with other um, unschoolers. So they get more practice to doing that. And they're spending all of their, all their time with the children so and the thing about unschooling is that it's not just the children who are getting to experience um, pursuit of their own curiosities and interests the parents are doing that as well so when we find something interesting or a hobby we want to try or um, something new we want to dabble in we take the time and jump into that so I get more time to do that though because I'm not spending a great deal of my time someplace else trying to provide an income that allows for this lifestyle. So it's really important to remember that. But I find that even though you may not be on the same page always about every aspect of unschooling, and there are different aspects for different folks that uh, might be bothersome, um, for some people it's just being hung up on the fact that you're not using any you know, specified curriculum and that you don't have something laid out for the entire year of what you plan to do and learn and accomplish. For other folks, it might just be hung up on the fact that they don't like risky play. They don't like kids scaling the side of cliffs and, you know, swinging from branch to branch in trees at risk of breaking something. Everyone's got different hangups. But I find that if you come together as a couple and you establish a set of values, goals, um, rules, even if that's something that has to work for your home, 
um, that you need to have laid out, whatever the highest good is for your family. If you've established those things and you've laid them out in your family as like your family law, as the things that we always maintain and we don't waver on, the vehicle to getting there, and in this case, the vehicle being unschooling, is really quite flexible and ever-evolving because you can morph and mold it into whatever it needs to be to fit everybody in the home. So if you maintain those things, you can still get there with two different understandings and ideas of about of and about unschooling. And it provides space to allow the non-main facilitating parent to come to their own conclusions in time while also providing your children with an experience that is probably going to change their life. There are some tools that I use to try to maintain balance um, or regain it after we've seemed to have lost it. I know in episode one I was I mentioned that we we did a big major move and so transition periods are one of those times where you have to reassess and and regain balance. So one of the things that we like to use as a really good tool is the family meeting. I don't have any research to back up this claim y'all but I really feel like the family meeting is undervalued and underused. And it doesn't have to be the hokey television version of a family meeting. Family meetings can be around the dinner table. They can be around game nights. They can be impromptu, hey, I'm having a freak out and things are not going well in such and such. And we got to talk about this and figure out who's going to do what so that we can make it right. Family meetings don't have to be structured and pre-planned, but they're so valuable and so important because it gives your children this opportunity to participate with you in this scaled down um, version of like the democratic process, really. It's something that we grow into adults here in the United States anyway, into participating in without any experience practicing. So if you have family meetings and you allow for everyone in the family to have a voice and a vote to make decisions no matter how big or small they are. It could be voting on what your menu looks like for the week in terms of what you're cooking, or it could be voting on where you're going to go hiking this week, or voting on who's going to take on what responsibilities around the house, or what vehicle you're going to (laughs) buy. I mean, you could vote on everything. The family meeting allows for everyone's voices to be heard, things to be said, things to be worked out, amends to be made it holds space for that and it just makes for a more cohesive experience it doesn't mean it's all flowers and rainbows all the time but it does make for a more cohesive experience and if your children are too young for family meetings or you feel like they're too young and you um, are waiting for some more language skills to develop although I encourage you to just just talk to them like you would talk to anyone else and I promise they really just kind of pick up on it and get it but you can just make the best choices as a couple that you feel like are a natural extension of um of what everyone's needs and interests are until until you get a better handle on that but even little kids we've been doing family meetings 
um, on no particular schedule or rhyme or reason since I can't even remember when. And sometimes they're very brief and just over a bowl of spaghetti, and other times they're long and drawn out where I have probably spoken for way too long and my kids' eyes are glazed over. So don't get there. (laughs) Another tool that I like to use is a whiteboard. I keep a whiteboard in um, the kitchen area. If you don't have a whiteboard, you can use an old chalkboard, tape up a large piece of paper on the wall, or even use a dry erase marker right on your refrigerator. It comes off with a a Mr. Clean magic eraser. Um, A whiteboard is a great place to have sort of a... It's like a hub station for information. It could be a running grocery list. It could be projects you have going on. You may need to take some time to reestablish what your family's flow is so that everybody remembers how to, you know, get enough of all the things that they want to do because unschooling isn't just, you know, getting to hang out all of the time and do all the things that we want to do and make us feel good, but we also have responsibilities to maintain. We've got, you know, whatever degree that is for you, but we've got homes to maintain and vehicles to maintain and all kinds of things that require our attention. You may be involved in groups or classes. You've got doctor's appointments to meet. I mean, you don't just not meet obligations or use a clock or consider time while you're unschooling. So I find that having that whiteboard um, can be helpful when I need to reestablish a family flow so that everybody remembers, you know, all the things that we've got to fit in for the day. Another thing that's really important in the kitchen, though, is, and I know people really jam on the digital calendar and sending each other um, calendar invites, and your smartphone tells you when you need to be ready to go, and it doesn't work for me. I have to have in the kitchen a large visual representation of the month that we are in, and it helps for everyone to understand all the things that we've got going on that month. And it always looks pretty colorful and full of all kinds of things. We're not excessively busy and largely we fly by the seat of our pants. So um, it's not like every moment is, is structured. But when you look at it, I mean, stuff adds up. Clubs you're involved in, classes you take, it, it all just adds up. So the calendar can be quite full and... We all need to know the days that we can sleep in a little longer or the days that we're going to be home all day and we can really get into something uh, that we've been wanting to do at home. Um, Having that calendar helps everybody understand that better. And your children will get into this habit of checking it every day so they kind of know what's going on today, what's going on tomorrow, what's going on in the next few days, and what could they be anticipating maybe later in the month. If your children aren't reading yet, I find that if you just point every day to what's going on, they just get more and more curious, ask more and more questions, and start asking you to put things on the calendar. Um, That's sort of how self-directed learning develops, especially if you're starting this while your children are young. So try out having a big family calendar. Another tool that I think is really, really valuable is to finding balance is informing yourself read and listen read 
books, um, read blogs. There are so many content creators out there now who are putting out information. Read and listen to folks who are in the unschooling world and self-directed education movement and inform yourself because as you inform yourself and continue to pursue the practice of unschooling with your family, it just sort of unfolds more and more and the partner who may be a little more hesitant can see all of the fruits of that as it unfolds. And like I said, if you're maintaining those things that you agree as a couple are like the core desired things you want to keep, then you're good. So you want to make sure that you are informing yourself. You don't want to push information on the other parent though. This can be a really big challenge, especially when you are changing paradigms like this and doing something that to so many folks out there is really radical and different than anything they've ever experienced. This idea that kids can choose, that they have a right to decide how and when they want to learn, that's really difficult for some folks to wrap their heads around. And shoving information on them, like stacking up books on their nightstand or sending them long podcasts or TED Talks to listen to and then saying, hey, when you're done, let's have a conversation about it that can be really challenging for that parent because they feel like they can't they can't compete with that like they can't competes the wrong word they cannot get there they can't be in the same headspace as you because they simply don't have that time and i'm speaking from pure experience i have absolutely done this so here's some advice that i learned from akila of the fair of the free child podcast i was listening to her podcast recently um, on an episode of, of parents, you know, sharing information like this. And I, I can't remember which episode it was, but I will look for it and write it in the description of this particular episode. In fact, pause my podcast and go to Fair of the Free Child podcast with Akila Richards. Subscribe to her podcast. She is a wealth of knowledge and information in all things unschooling and self-directed learning. But I was listening to her podcast and she was talking about that, you know, pushing information on the other parent. And she said, it's really beneficial for you to listen to that podcast that you wanted to share and take out the most valuable bit, maybe just five minutes out of that hour long podcast that resonated with you most or moved you most about where your family is at the moment that you feel like it's going to help your partner to see something that you see. Share that with them because that's way more digestible than asking them to listen to an hour-long podcast after they've worked all day long and they're on their drive home before you can have a conversation about it because that's a lot of pressure. So thanks for the tip, Akila. The last tip I have is practice. Practice all of the tools that you can come up with that allow for a more cohesive experience for everybody in the home. You can use some of the tools that I've came up with. You can come up with your own, or we can have a discussion, a deeper discussion about more things that we can do to create more balance when we are unschooling. If you just practice these things, 
eventually they'll just kind of work their kinks out like a set of wrinkly sheets. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Unschool Files. I'm so glad that you're here and I'm really grateful to be in community with you. If you'd like to talk more on finding balance in relationship with your partner and your children in the home while unschooling, head over to Instagram at The Unschool Files and there should be a square for this episode. We can talk there more about tips and tools that you might have developed in your own home that help find balance or maintain harmony. Um, And if you've got an experience that you'd like to add, that's a great place to add it. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, certainly direct message me there and we can find a time to connect. And I would love to hear about how you live life without school. You're going to want to stay tuned for episode three of the podcast. It is an interview with the very first unschooler I met almost two decades ago. And you won't miss it because if you hit the subscribe button, you'll know as soon as I publish it. If you guys like this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it because it's going to allow other unschoolers to find me and increase a little bit of visibility as nerve wracking as that sort of is for me. Thank you again for listening and until the next conversation, stay kind to each other.